0: mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Matt Spiegel and I can't wait to bring you season 2 of the PBP Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54 I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again.
1: Incredible guests. Sherry great
0: stories from your favorite teams coming this year find us on the odyssey app or wherever you find
1: podcasts
0: all right brian it is now time for our dean julia love the star mailbag it's where we turn things over to our dear sweet listeners get their thoughts and uh opinions on things uh first question here from ian tisdale who i don't think we've asked uh gotten a question from before uh, Ian says, any chance that T.J. Bass moves to center next year? Tyler Biotish is out of contract. T.J. Bass has played well at times when he's been asked to step in. I know they they gave him some snaps at center. Solari was big on – Solari's big on cross-training in general. That's Mike Solari, the offensive line coach for the Cowboys. Um, but I know they, they did try some stuff with, with Bass. And the Cowboys have shown that in recent years, especially under Mike McCarthy, that they've tried to find – hey, if we've got somebody here who we like, but maybe they don't have an opportunity, let's try and work them at center. They tried to do that with McGovern at times. They did it with Connor Williams a little bit before he moved. Uh, so do you think just what you've seen from TJ Bass, is that a guy that you think could potentially cross over and play some center?
1: Yeah, I wonder if you could just go ahead and put Tyler Smith at left tackle and put TJ Bass at left guard. How did how did he look on tape? Just fine. He's a fine. I mean, they, they, matter of fact, those, those three guys, the inside three did a really nice job. I know Jonathan Allen wouldn't play in this game, but man, it, it, it these guys are, I I said it, they played a beautiful game. They, the only, the only thing that happened to TJ Bass in that game is on the, on the, the tipped interception, he got yanked. He, I mean, he couldn't get away from Ridgeway Ridgeway grabbed his Jersey and pulled him. And that allowed the looper to come and tip the ball, which it resulted in the interception. Other than that he played a beautiful
0: is game. he is he the foot athlete that you would want at center though potentially? He, is, he is he is he he's so strong
1: he is that's that's the thing I don't know I think I would want a more athletic center I think where he is I think where he is really good is his ability to get his hands inside and sit down on people and pass protection and yeah. he's got an awareness of what's happening around him like he knew there was a twist him and Tyron passed the twist he got yanked. Yeah, I mean he's a so, he's a guard. Yeah, he's playing some
0: center. And you got to remember at Oregon he was a tackle. Yeah, he was a tackle at Oregon.
1: I, I I keep him. I keep him at guard. I really do. And I try and find a little. Uh, I try and find another center. Is what I try and do. Next, if, if you have to, if you have to.
0: Next question here from Jason Tim, and and further to that point, because we also uh, have to talk about Brock Hoffman. Boy, I got to say. Coming off the field when they won the division, there may not have been anybody more excited and and more hyped than Brock Hoffman, who, who yeah. played in that wig. Which great for him. He he was he did an admirable job. But uh, Jason is asking, did the backup guards Hoffman at right guard with Zach Martin sick? That's Tyler's, the guy uh, that
1: can play center.
0: Yeah, that's a, and that's a guy that they liked. That yeah. was the guy that they were talking about. Yeah. You heard whispers in training camp when Zach Martin was potentially holding out. You, you heard some or, or was holding out and was potentially going to miss time. You heard some whispers that they're like, we may roll with Hoffman as the starter at yeah. right guard. Yeah. Um, but did the backup guards play better than the starting guards have recently is what Jason Tim was always He says, because it looks like Dallas actually ran the ball with some success. So did it's you think they a were commanders. better? It's a command, yeah, that's what it is. It's it, a commanders. It, it's, yeah, it's yeah. scaled to a point. But, yeah. but I mean, we're talking about Bass a little bit there. What did you think about what you saw
1: from Hoffman against? The I, 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 I told you, like all three of those inside guys played very, very well in this football game. Hoffman, the thing about Hoffman, there's nothing pretty about his game. I mean, the technique bass on the other way is like sit, set, you know, like movement, all that stuff. Hoffman is kind of a brawler mauler guy. You know, like he's battling, he gets knocked around, yeah. but he stays in position. But yeah, I I was I was impressed with the way those guys played. I really, really was. <laughs>
0: Uh, next question from Mike Hill, uh, is there even more that Dan Quinn can do to free Micah from the double and triple teams he's seen yeah. start him off the ball, have him realize just before the snap Dan Quinn, obviously has done a great job in three years here of, of really trying to find the best possible matchup for Dan Quinn. But when you watch the tape, do you look or, or for Mike Parsons, but when you watch the tape, do you look at it and say, Hey, maybe there, there's some other different things you can do here to, to free Micah.
1: Yeah. They cover the guards and they let the, and they put Micah one-on-one on the center period Yeah, you cover it's hard to double micah when both guards are covered you know and then you got the ed and you got the tackle which,
0: which he's gotten some sacks in his career from the zero technique like just being right obviously not what, hand in the what, dirt but what, right over what the center the things
1: they did was they put micah's off ball like two to three yards off the ball at over center like i was a, a like a kind of a tight mike linebacker mm-hmm. and they put clark behind him so you had micah Kind of patrolling along the line of scrimmage, and you had Clark behind him. You know, so you had it at a couple different levels. If they tried to get to Micah and block Micah, then that allowed Clark to run to the football. So, Dan Quinn, by putting Micah at middle linebacker, that's the way you keep him from getting double teamed. Do you, is there anything to the idea
0: of, and I don't just mean trick plays or anything like that, do coaches, Tend to hide certain schematic things until you say, like, "Hey, maybe I'll just pocket this. I haven't needed to use yeah. it." I'm gonna. Do you think we're gonna see some different things from Dan Quinn yep. when we get into the playoffs? Yep.
1: The thing that I learned about from like Bill Belichick and listening to Mike Lombardi, who's my dear friend, talk about that, Belichick always talked about what you did at certain points of the game, and you always kept a scheme at the very end of the game. An example of what they did against the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. That ended up being the interception hadn't shown the scheme, the whole hadn't shown it the whole day. And then all of a sudden they go in that critical situation. So coaches are always good at keeping one or two things into that third or fourth quarter that could make a difference in the game.
0: Do you think it's something as particular as within the game though? Or do you think there's something like, Hey, we might see a blitz concept or a coverage concept that Dan Quinn is because one of the things, one of the things you'll hear about the, the Cowboys, I, you know and and one of the things that you can see on tape is they don't disguise a lot they no. they 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 will give it to you pretty straightforward so do you think that there might be a little bit more I see disguise some more rotation
1: than, than you think i mean i it's not it's not total i'm sure if you no, watch it's it's not yeah.
0: jason garrett just we're going to line up and yeah, beat you no. but but, it, but it's not nearly as much coverage disguise as, as no, other teams
1: there like there, there is some rotation of too deep and also drive the drive the the other safety down to play the crossers, the robbers, and stuff like that. There's some different rotational looks that you'll see during this. What kind of uh, schematic
0: differences or or tweaks or wrinkles do you think we're more likely to see? Some some schematic tweaks from Dan Quinn in terms of what he's doing in terms of blitz packages or some different things he's doing in coverage disguise potentially. Which coverage or blitz? Which do you think we're more likely to see some different variations from? Coverage.
1: Okay. Coverage. Yeah.
0: And this one's a little broad for you, but it'll give you space to take this any way you want. And and it kind of brings us back to this discussion about where this team is. This question from Chris Sarvis. Brian, why should I trust this year's Cowboys team? What is your greatest reason for trust in this Cowboys team?
1: You should trust because of the quarterback. You really should. You should trust the the, the quarterback. The quarterback's played beautifully this year. He really, really has. Um, He's been outstanding. Uh, He's he's seeing the field well. Uh, you know, he's not making mistakes, uh, you know, with the ball. I mean, we haven't seen a lot of tip balls and all although, I mean, we see we saw the tip ball, but we haven't seen him not see the guy and just throw it right to him. We haven't seen those kinds of bad turnovers. He kept his interceptions in single digits. He, he sure did. And I think you get, you gotta be confident in the play caller, you know, well, cause he's found ways to get the ball creatively to CD lamb or to get it to Ferguson or to get it to cooks. Or to put uh, Turpin in the backfield and hand it to him, you know. But the main confidence you should have is you have an elite wide receiver, probably the top one of the top three wide receivers in the league, and you have a quarterback playing at an MVP level. That that is going to be your ticket to going far in this thing. If it fails, if it fails, I don't think it's going to be because of Lamb or Prescott. I think it's going to be something else that let them down. But I, I think those two guys are going to continue to play at a very, very high level.
0: If you were, if you were on the opposing sideline, and it doesn't have to be Green Bay specifically, because obviously you coach to personnel. Yeah. But if you were on an opposing sideline and just uh, let's say you had a, a a random pull of defenders, what is your strategy? What What are you talking about in the game plan during the week of like, hey, let's try this kind of stuff with Ceedee Lamb? Because obviously there there's very few weaknesses in, in his game. What is what is the idea here? Is it just as simple as like, hey, you got to bracket him. You got you got yeah. to do some different things. Hard got- to
1: bracket him when he's on the move, or when you're when you're playing him in the slot, and you got guys. Say you're traveling, and you got guys that won't go in the slot as a traveler. Mm-hmm. You know, so now you're matching up. Now you move him. You know, you're just if you know somebody's going to try and bracket him by the way they're playing coverage. Keep moving him. Keep moving him. Put him in the backfield. Run him out. Put him up. You know, put him tight. Run him bunch. Scatter him. You know. Bring him across in motion, Run him out, run him up. you know, just keep him on the move so people cannot get that that okay, we got this guy here, this guy here. we're playing it in and in and out. No, by him moving, you're going to affect how they play him. So I I, I think McCarthy, Schottenheimer, I think these coaches got a good understanding how to keep him going. We, we everybody in, in the ballpark knows that CeeDee Lamb is going to get the ball, right? Yeah. 13 times, 17 times, he still makes plays.
0: Yeah. When, when you talk about that, though, the idea of make sure that, that you're kind of moving them around doing some yeah. different things, does that responsibility fall mainly on McCarthy? Does that responsibility, if that's something that Dak and CeeDee are running is that some of the line of scrimmage that like, hey, we've got to change some things up here. This is on us as, as the that, guys. That's as the
1: concerned. game's going on. That's as the game's going on. Is that a
0: shared responsibility, or would you say, hey, that's more on the coach or that's more on Dak and the Coaches have
1: got to know if he gets bracketed in a game, here's our bracket plan. Now, if he gets bracketed and they start taking him out of a game, say it it does happen, Cooks needs to be involved, which he is absolutely involved. He he is so much better an option than what you've had the last couple of years as the two. Yeah.
0: one last follow-up question for I'm I'm using the the love of the star mailbag to ask my own mailbag questions yeah. here for you, Brian. La- last one here though, on the idea of, of guarding this offense and we talk about changing things up. Yeah. Cooks is obviously really good for you know, he can hit you from 40 yards, he can hit you from five yards. He, he's he's yeah. really good in the red yeah. zone. We talk about what C D Lamb can do. If the Cowboys are consistently able to hit the seam throw to Ferguson, Big. is there a way? Is there any way you can defend the passing? Not at all. No. That that's something where if they If they're able to hit that, there's no way to cut let the them, field
1: if let them hit the seam or get a screen game going. if Dallas if Dallas could get a screen game going with Pollard, that that would be that would make my heart sink. you know, because playoff football, a lot of that is it's about those it it's pressure. It's pressure. It's pressure now the screen goes out the back door. You know, how many times have we seen a screen game go for thirty something yards? Not much here in Dallas. But Pollard, the play he made up the side with jumping up for the ball, Yeah, Pollard's capable of catching the ball. You threw a good, you had a good screen the other day with Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn went inside instead of staying to the outside. If that's Pollard, he stays wide and lets Martin kick his guy inside. So, you know, that's up the sidelines. Let me have a seam or a really good scheme game, a a screen game.
0: That does it for us here today on the Love of the Star podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We will be back with a couple more episodes this week, taking a look at the Packers. And and hopefully, uh, look, look into the offseason, we're still going to be doing two episodes a week. Uh, but hopefully, we can keep up the three a week until uh, until the Super Bowl is, is won in Vegas. Hopefully, this is the year. Yeah. Uh, this is setting up really nicely for this Cowboys team. And I think that there's a, a sense among your quarterback your head coach your owner and general manager i think there's yes. a sense that this is a real opportunity yes unlike some of the years yes. past yes. so uh, a good chance and we'll have all of the uh preview for you when we take a look at the packers later this week for brian Broaddus, i'm bobby belt we will talk to you guys again later